video clip. Um, and when it starts, you'll see this wonderful waving grass, and you might think of the national anthem and um, all of those things that are very pleasant. But I want you to look because sometimes in the grass there's more than things up here. So watch with me if you would, please. That uh, clip, as an interesting video to watch, is a little scary. But what if that field of grass was the front lawn of this church? And you don't get to stay here tonight. You have to go home. And you knew that somewhere out in that grass, there was a lion lurking. But that's where you lived. That's where your village was. That's where the road to work is, is right through that grassy field. And it wasn't just you got to get home today. It's every day. Every day you're living in that area of the world where there is that grass and there is a lion who would like to eat you. Well, that sounds like the scariest movie you could imagine but what if that is actually the case? It's interesting, when you read any book out of the New Testament, it's always interesting to read what the author begins with, because that's often important. But it's also interesting to read what he ends with. One last paragraph, what do you say? We have been looking all summer at 1 Peter. As Peter wrote a letter to Christians who were beginning to face opposition. It was no longer popular to be a Christian and how they were going to handle that and, and live with that. And so here at the end of this letter, Peter says a warning to the Christians. Oh, great. We're in the wrong order again. Um, excellent. Turn over to 1 Peter 5.8. Because in the midst of this, and, and before we read that, just one thought. In, in the midst of opposition, your human tendency is going to be what? To focus on the actual situation. To focus on that person you're having conflict with. Or that law that you feel is against your faith. Or that policy at work or whatever it might be. We tend to focus on that moment or that person, don't we? But Peter's warning is... Look below the surface. When you're facing that opposition or that conflict because of your faith, 
there may be more going on than just that person, that situation, that policy, that moment. And that's what he writes about. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Peter's warning is that as we are living in a world that may oppose our faith, may oppose Christianity, and obviously some places much greater than what we, anything we face here, but the, Peter's warning is you need to understand that there is something much bigger and more significant behind the actual person, behind the actual rule or policy, or whatever it else may be that we're running into. That in fact there is a being named Satan who is very real and very powerful. And he is running around out there with the goal of devouring us. And that we need... To be aware of that. If you want to talk in a different analogy, we are living in a war zone. And Paul uses that analogy to explain this life that we are called upon to live as Christians. This war is just as real as anything we will see on tonight's news about Syria or Iraq or Lebanon. It is just as real. It is not a physical war, it is a spiritual war. But in some ways that makes it more significant because in a physical war the worst they can do is kill my body. In a spiritual war we can die forever. And so Peter's warning, Paul's warning is that we do live in a world where evil is real and Satan is real. And because we are God's children and we stand with God, with Jesus, we're included in this war. And Satan is against us. He is trying to devour us. Paul says it this way in Ephesians 6.12. Our struggle is not against just flesh and blood, just people. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The conflicts we may have, the difficult situations we may be in as Christians, are not just about humans. There is a spiritual world out there, and as real as God is, and His angels are, and heaven is, just as real is Satan, a fallen angel, and his demons that side with him. And that's the real battle that we are in. And that we need to be aware of that war. Because the greatest danger we can face is if we don't realize we're in a war. The greatest danger we face is if we want to pack a picnic lunch and go out in the grass and just have a nice Sunday afternoon. And no one has said, there's a lion here. And that would change everything about that picnic, wouldn't it? So part of Peter's warning, part of Paul's warning is that we have to open our eyes and face the reality that none of us wants to face. It's interesting as you talk about spiritual warfare, because that's sort of the heading that all this falls under. 
you get two very different reactions from Christians. And one is, I want to learn more about it. But I would say a majority probably say, I'd rather not talk about it. Is there another class that's going to be offered? That's scary for me. I don't like to think about it. And I understand all it. It's not fun to think about. It's not for me fun. I totally agree. But if you live in the grass, whether it's fun or not, you better think about the lion, huh? Because you live in the grass. And every day I got to walk to work through the grass. And my house is at the edge of the grass. And the lion can come into my yard and I better find out about how you deal with lions. And that's what Peter and Paul are both trying to say. Not that it's pleasant or fun, but that being aware is the beginning of not being eaten by this lion. So what do we do? How do we live in this world where the lion is there and wants to devour us? Well, even though it may feel like that's my goal, the first thing you don't do is you don't need to live in fear. And if I leave you today afraid, then I have failed in this sermon. Because I don't think that's Peter's message. It's not Paul's message. It's not that we have to live in fear. Please understand, Christians have been living for 2,000 years with this lion. It's not something new for us. It's, we're not the only Christians facing it. And while this lion is very powerful and very dangerous, we need to be aware of this lion, but we don't have to be afraid of this lion. And that's the first thing we don't need to do. But if we live in the grass where the lion is, there are some things we need to do. And I want to list several today. One, we need to take the danger seriously. Whether we like to think about it or not, Satan is real. It's interesting to me, numbers of studies have been done of of evangelical Christians sitting in church like us today. And there's actually a significant percentage of evangelical Christians who believe in God, believe in Jesus, believe in heaven, and don't believe in Satan and demons. And it's like, really? Isn't it sort of a package deal? I mean, the Bible talks about both. So I don't get to pick and choose. If God is real and angels are real and heaven is real, the spiritual world is real, and the Bible this God wrote said, and Satan is real and demons are real. So the first thing we have to do is we have to accept that unpleasant reality that there is a lion in the grass And we need to accept that and prepare, become aware. The second thing we need to do is look look beneath the surface. And I think that's part of what Peter is trying to say. When we face opposition, when we face a tough situation, we need to stop for a second and say, is there more going on here? I see that at times, and you know, this little thing will happen And then this little thing will happen, and then this this little thing will happen, and they're all sort of forcing me in a certain direction. And it's so important to stop and say, wait a minute, there's more going on here. Satan, are you trying to 
do this. Satan, are you pushing me over here? We need to be willing to step back and take that extra moment to say, is there something more going on here? And sometimes there's not. It's just a circumstance. A bad thing happened. But to take that extra step and say, is there really more happening here? Not just in bad things or opposition, but this lion eats us in multiple ways. Sometimes when we face decisions... Do I want to do this at work? Do I want to make that choice? Is this a place I want to go? Is this what I want to do or read or watch? Take a moment to say, is there something more in this test, this question? Is this really Satan trying to push me over in a place I don't want to be? But if I'm not careful and cautious and aware, I may make a quick decision without thinking about where that will take me. We live in an age where people make snap decisions without thinking about the results. It's just what I want to do today. It's what feels good. Philosophers are calling it terminal thinking. I just think about this decision today. Part of what this point is, take a moment and think about where will this take me. Where will I wake up tomorrow if I make this decision today? Is this really Satan trying to trick me into taking me a place where I'm going to get eaten and where I don't want to be? The third thing we need to do is we need to stay close to God. Um, thank you, Teresa. Um, <clears throat> turn over to First Peter again. Peter keeps writing. He doesn't just warn us about this lion. Verses 9 through 11. Resist him, this lion, Satan. Resist him standing firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ... After you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Look at those verses there. Notice what Peter says. How do we handle the lion? First of all, we resist him. We say no to him by standing firm in our faith, holding on to God and Christ, the truth of Scripture, what God has given us, we need to hold on to Him because it's from God we're going to draw the strength and the wisdom of how to handle this lion and how to resist Him. Through God's help, at the end of verse 10 there, Peter gives us three things that God will do for us. Um, he will let us stand strong. We're going to have the strength we need to resist this lion firm, we're going to have a solid foundation for our life. And steadfast, courageous, with that internal will to resist the lion and say, I'm not going to go along with this. Satan, you're not going to get me. I'm God's man. I'm Jesus' man. I'm not yours. And I'm not going to be yours. We're not going to do that on our own. If you tell me, Jim, there's a lion out there, now you go tackle him with your bare hands. 
or I don't care, give me a knife, a big knife, I ain't going out there. It's not going to happen. Because I know against that lion, I don't have a prayer. Now, as near as I can piece together from Scripture, Satan was an archangel. When he rebelled in heaven, was cast out. Now, an archangel was a super angel. An archangel is way above the Avengers, a commander of angels who is incredibly powerful. Satan still has that incredible power. So if we think we're going to go out and just sort of tiptoeing through the tulips, defeat Satan on our own power, we're dead already. If I go out there with a knife in that lion, I know I'm dead already. Peter says, Paul says, don't do that. We have to go with our faith, relying in God and using what God has given us, which is the next point. But the main thing is we have to hold on to God's hand. Now in the movie, The Ghost in the Darkness, where that clip is from, there is a professional hunter who comes along to help. And he knows how you handle lions. And he's assisted by 20 Maasai warriors who hunt lions all the time. They know what they're doing. Well, fortunately, we have God and Jesus. Jesus has fought Satan and defeated him. And we have Jesus to help us, but we have to rely on him when we're facing Satan and not rely on ourselves. Paul says it this way in Ephesians, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That's where we're to get our strength to fight this war, to resist the lion. The fourth one is use the weapons God has provided. Paul says it over in Ephesians, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. If you keep reading after verse 13, Paul lists out all of the weapons that God has given us. And that's a whole other sermon series, the weapons God has given us to defeat Satan and win this war. But the general point I want to make today is that God has not left us alone. He's not even just said, trust me, I'll help you. God has said, and let me give you these weapons that you can have in your hands all the time. At work, on the ball field, with your friends, on vacation, it doesn't matter where. You can have these weapons, and these weapons can stop Satan. And you read things like prayer, and the Word, and Scripture, other believers, trusting in God's power. There's a whole long list of those spiritual weapons God has given us. But we have to have them. We have to read about them, and learn them, and know how to use them in our lives. So that when Satan does come, and that lion is out there, we're ready. We're ready for his attacks. And we can handle them not because of how great we are, but because God is with us and helping us, and he has given us weapons that can defeat Satan. I think Peter's point is this. Don't panic. Be careful. Be aware there is a lion out there, and Satan is very real. And he's hunting you. 
He's hunting me. He's hunting every one of us. But he can't have us if we stay close to Jesus. Jesus has already defeated him. Satan sees Jesus and he sneaks away in the grass. Because he's already proven he's tried everything he could on Good Friday to defeat Jesus. And on Easter morning he found out it doesn't work. Jesus has already defeated Satan. That's why we don't have to be afraid. Our Lord has beat him. We just have to be careful and keep our hand in Jesus' hand. So that when Jesus, this one who has defeated Satan, says, walk over here, don't argue. Don't say, oh, I like the grass over here, Jesus. You go that way, I'm going this way. Don't do that, you get eaten. When Jesus says, stop, let's wait, you stop. When he says, it's time to move, go forward, you go forward. If we rely on Jesus, Satan can't get us. Paul promises that. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We just have to keep our hand in Jesus' hand. Listen to him. And what our name implies is Christians follow him. And we don't have to worry about that lion. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this warning from Peter. It's the same thing Paul says. We do have an enemy, and he is very real. And he's very powerful and very dangerous. But Father, I thank you and praise you that we don't have to live in terror of that lion. He's been defeated. Jesus has proven he can be beaten. Thank you for Jesus, for his victory, and that he will share his victory with us. That in Christ we are safe from Satan if we will stay close to Jesus. Help us see that. Admit our weaknesses, our need for Jesus' help. And help us learn how to use the weapons you've given us so we stay close beside Jesus. So we can live in this life, in this world, despite the lion, we can live in triumph and victory. Thank you for that hope. In Christ's name, amen.